first off, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My honor. Um, so just kind of tell us a little bit about who you are, your little background a little bit. Certainly. So um, Abby Perilla, I'm the CEO at the Ark of the South Shore. Um, I came into the nonprofit space. It's so interesting, Jonathan. Yeah. In 2008, uh, I made a career move. I was working for a Fortune 500 company, and although I was providing incremental growth and making people rich, I mean, <laughs> the company car, traveling throughout the Northeast region, um, something was missing, and I knew what was missing was um, my service, um, giving back to the world. So I always say I'm a woman with a business mind and a social service heart. So I went into elder care in 2008, and that's what really changed my outlook on leadership and how you can advance a nonprofit and, and then give back in meaningful ways. So that was the elder care space for 11 years. That's what I did. And um, after 11 years working with elders, I decided to switch gears and go into the disability space. And my life has never been the same in the best possible way. So the CEO title... Uh, that's that's a really vague title. I mean, we have a lot of executive director CEOs in here on this podcast, mm -hmm. and that, that title can mean a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to you? You know, it's. I think we're all the CEOs of our own life, right, mm -hmm. regardless right. of whatever, you know, or executive directors of our own life. Where For me, it means, you know, a huge responsibility because I am in charge of a body of people mm -hmm. that depend on me uh, fiscally, um, holistically, mind, body, and soul, and also to advance um, advance them and my respective organization. So I think that's what a CEO means to me. Okay. So for those who don't know what the Ark of the South Shore is, what is it? So the Ark of the South Shore is a nonprofit. Um, we've been around uh, since uh, the 1950s. Uh, we serve individuals with IDD, intellectual and developmental disabilities, including autism. And what a lot of people don't know about us is that we're national. So um, actually this summer I was able to speak about <laughs> landing the top seat as a CEO in Las Vegas at the national conference wow. and spoke to many aspiring CEOs. Uh, so that was exciting. And a lot of people don't know that we're national. There's 17 of us in the state of Massachusetts, and I, I proudly serve the South Shore area. Yeah, I was going to say there's multiple arcs. Is mm -hmm. it? Is it, So it's a national organization. You all have different regions. Is that how it kind of works? Yes, and we're all independent. Okay, that's the other thing, too. It's, you're all yeah. independent. We are all own. independent. There is um, our we have an umbrella agency, which is the Ark of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a real kinship between all of us, and we meet monthly, all 17 ARC CEOs, um, and we talk shop. We talk about legislative imperatives. We talk about trends, and, and most importantly, we support each other. What's the mission of the Ark? The mission is very simple, to empower people with disabilities to live their fullest lives in the community. And we do that in a number of ways through advocacy, um, exercising their autonomy and self-determination, and community integration. Uh, you know, for me personally, I take that mission and I weave it into everyone listening, everyone across the world mm -hmm. help me create inclusive society where disabilities are not a stigma, but rather a part of our culture mm -hmm. and who we are. Right. 
So is there a, like an age range that you work with? Is there like a... Yes, yeah. that's a great question. So um, all arcs are different. Mm -hmm. And so at my particular arc, we do serve the lifespan. So we start with our early intervention program. That's for our babies from wow. birth to the age of three. So anyone with a developmental concern will get services through our early intervention program. Wow. Uh, we serve the lifespan, as I said. We have 10 group homes throughout the South Shore, 24-7 care. Uh, we have a self-funded autism resource center, a personal care attendant program, an adult foster care program. We have a day habilitation program for more medically complex individuals. And we have a community-based day services program for our more high-functioning adults that also provides employment services and coaching. Interesting. So why is the ARC so special to you? That's one thing that when I've talked with people that work in the human service field, it's, you know, it's special. And especially people that, you know, people that have been there for a while, it, gets, it becomes a really part of what they are. Why is the ARC so special to you? Um, Jonathan, quite honestly, um, in 2017, when I came to the ARC, I just fell in love with this beautifully and uniquely abled population as an advocate. I come to this space as an advocate that truly cares, and I can only hope that others would fall in love as well. You learn a great deal, um, and I think over the last six and a half years, I've learned more from the individuals I serve mm -hmm. and the employees I support than any in any other juncture in my career. So um, I simply fell in love with a population that mm -hmm. I want to serve, and I want to advance the services. I want to meet unmet needs because they're deserving. Okay. How many employees do you have? 250 employees. That's a lot. Yeah. So every organization has needs. What's the ARC's biggest needs? You know, we can all go there financially, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the plight of the nonprofit, mm -hmm. and uh, we're all fishing in the same pond, so to speak. And that's actually not true for me, because I think that um, our needs will speak to a variety of people, and I think uh, if any respective nonprofit niche speaks to you, you should give to that nonprofit. Okay. So I believe we're all in this together. Uh, I think our greatest need is awareness. So for me is just being aware that the services exist, right? That you can get services, that you have okay. a community um, that will work with you, that you're not alone. The rest falls naturally into place. You, you talk about like knowing services. We had this conversation with, I wanna say Plymouth County Outreach maybe six or seven months ago in the fact that sometimes people don't know the services are that services are available for them mm -hmm. and that their loved one is eligible. How do you kind of get out there to be like, all right, we have these opportunities for you? Well, podcasts like this, <laughs> opportunities. Well, I do everything, I have to tell yeah. you. Um, You're on the community a lot. I'm out in the community, and it's really important, I think, visibility and outreach are key. Uh, I do a lot with our marketing and outreach efforts. I'll just share something with you that was very deliberate to try to increase brand awareness and get our services out there for people. Um, last year, when I, I was COO, let me clarify, at the ARC for five years, okay. and over the last year and a half, I've been CEO. And um, I started this new campaign. I remember being asked by one of our board members, so what are you going to do as CEO that's different and unique? I said, well, I'm going to ask people to become a friend of the Ark of the South Shore. And that was a simple statement because, Jonathan, you know me. I love making friends. But friends are the family you choose, and I think there's no greater honor than to be called a friend. So to answer your question, that became... A movement. Um, my development team that I love uh, decided to create a logo out of the Become a Friend of the Ark cool. and um, 
They put it on T-shirts. And we have this really new invigorated way of looking at services um, through excitement. And people are wearing these T-shirts all around the world. I kid you not. Um, (laughs) All over Europe, uh, creative places. Um, And so we started a campaign, um, Where in the World is the Friend of the Ark? And that's taken off. It's been really fun. But it's unique things like that. That, I mean, you have to be creative and innovative to get your services out, but you also can't leave yeah. any stone unturned. I will do anything I can to get the word out about our services. Yeah, you, you said something earlier about, like, you're all kind of in the same pond, and, you know, there is a lot of amazing human services organizations on the mm-hmm. South Shore, so you're all kind of, you are kind of fighting for that same visibility yeah. and spots and all that sort of thing. Um, so if someone wants to learn more about the ARC, where can they go? Well, absolutely check out our website, mm-hmm. um, arcsouthshore.org. Um, talk to me. <laughs> um, you know, just get to know us. I would say come to our website. Start by attending some of our cool events. We have so many fun events okay. that you just get to know um, our employees, our individuals, and organically find out about the services we offer while having a great time. Talk about the events then. So, yes, our next um, event that we're having is Friendsgiving. Um, That is on November 15th. It's at 20 Pond Park Road in Hingham. Those are our administrative offices. And that's um, a series of events that I hold probably quarterly for people to get to know us. It just happens to be the week before uh, Thanksgiving. So you can register for that online. On December 3rd, we have another really, really fun event. It's for families and the community. Um, And it is at 371 River Street in Weymouth, um, where our day habilitation program is. And we invite the community to come out and have a fun holiday event. We have the Clydesdale horses providing sleigh rides through Webb Park, hot cocoa, um, pictures with Santa, crafts, raffles, and it's just a wonderful, whimsical holiday event. Talk to me a little bit about the funding model, because I know a lot of organizations Mm -hmm. like that receive state funding, but also there's a need for funding in addition to that. Oh, totally. I mean, (laughs) wherever I speak, I say, you know, we get state and federal funding, Okay. um, which can often be confused. Oh, they're all set. They get state and federal funding. Mm -hmm. Um, The state and federal funding falls short of the true operating costs of, you know, an organization of certainly my size and scope or a $16 million operating budget. Um, But, you know, we talked about those 250 employees. Um, and we talk about the individuals we serve. We served over 5,000 individuals this year. Um, in order to keep our individuals safe and retain our employee base, um, the funding doesn't quite mm-hmm. cover that. And so I'm constantly looking at additional uh, revenue right. streams. Fundraising is part mm-hmm. of that. Um, payment reform is another because mm-hmm. I'm always you know, advocating and lobbying at the state house. Yep. Um, and then certainly you have to look, as you look into the future, you have to think about what else can I do creatively? So mm-hmm. coincidentally, um, one of um, my new initiatives that I'm really, really proud of, Jonathan, is in about 18 months, I'll have my first autism group home awesome. on the South Shore to serve a tremendous unmet need for the turning 22 population. Mm. Caregivers, families are struggling to find placement for their loved ones, and I want to help meet some of that unmet need. So hence another way to diversify and also meet um, unmet needs in the community. Is there a program that's really popular that stands out? 
Technique. In terms of the programs that we yeah, offer? Yeah, programs that you offer. I would definitely say they're all pretty popular in my book, but I think anything or, or around... demand or a need. No, that, exactly. So that's how I was going to answer yeah. that. Definitely there's a tremendous need in the autism space. Okay. Uh, parents need help navigating. They need help with placements and day programs and group homes. And so I would say that's a huge pillar for me at the ARC and, and a real strategic imperative for me over the next three years. I want to help meet some of those unmet needs and support a community. So what if someone wants to get involved or volunteer? How can they go about it and what do you need? Well, certainly please come to the Friendsgiving event, mm -hmm. register online and come meet me personally and my team, get to know us and, and foster that relationship. Um, there are a lot of volunteer opportunities. I mean, I've just named two events that are coming up, um, but there are a myriad of events. We try to have a lot of fun at the ARC as we support our mission. So I would say start there. So you come from a business background. Mm -hmm. What's something or a few things that you could take from that and apply it to the nonprofit sector? Absolutely. Um, I think two of my uh, best attributes that I bring from the nonprofit space, um, definitely my financial background, my leadership, and strategic planning, for sure. I think um, I always say this, when you fail to plan, you fail to succeed. So strategic planning is incredibly important, um, is something that should be done annually. Although I currently am working on a three-year plan because you have to look out. Yeah. Um, I think that's key. Um, you can't keep your eye off of the finances and you always have to find a way to develop um, growth strategies. What do I mean mm -hmm. by that? I'm constantly looking at the deficits way in advance Right. And how do I plug those holes? I, I don't accept them as such because you don't accept that in the for profit world. And by the way, nonprofits need to make a surplus, too. Um, right. And in terms of leadership, I would say um, that is uh, an area that I spend a lot of time on professional development of my staff, mm -hmm. creating advancement opportunities, because without the right leadership team, you're kind of stuck. I mean, mm -hmm. you can't make decisions in a vacuum and you constantly have to consensus build. Right. So what does the next three years kind of look like for the ARC? Really exciting. Uh, we expand our service delivery model. Um, my goal is five autism group homes, new service delivery model for us. Although we currently serve individuals with autism, these will be specifically earmarked for that turning 22 population. Um, I see a growth in revenue for sure. Um, also, I see, you know, a larger employee base because when your revenue grows and your programs mm -hmm. grow and your service offerings grow, so do your employees. And so a lot of more targeted recruitment mm -hmm. and retention strategies as well, because our workforce will be critical. You've mentioned the phrase turning 22 population. I'm a little familiar with it, but for those that don't know, explain the, the significance of that. Sure. When a child um, in the disability world turns 22, they age out of the education system. And so parents are left to navigate with mm -hmm. their children for the next phase. Is that staying at home with supports and programming? Is that finding a group home? Everyone is at a different juncture. Mm -hmm. So as we both know, the nonprofit world can be challenging at times. What's the biggest challenge you faced? I think the biggest challenge I've faced is people believing that we can do better, do more, right? Mm -hmm. And not to be status quo. I think that there's comfort in status quo. Mm -hmm. 
And I would say that was the biggest challenge that I overcome every day, though, based on that clear strategic vision and outcomes. But I think that that's it. Like, we can dare to dream bigger. Do you think people, and I was having this conversation with another group last week, do you think people just are so kind of caught up in the day-to-day that they don't think that, they don't really think about okay, how do we change this or make it bigger or change the status quo? Because oh, oh, they're so, oh, totally. they're, they're still dealing with yesterday stuff. Oh, absolutely. And there's safety in that. And people, can I tell you, people um, skate through many years in leadership with that mentality, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be sustainable for this new age. Right. The post-pandemic world is incredibly different mm-hmm. with unique challenges that we have to get out in front of. Right. So flip side of that, what's been the most positive or rewarding experience? Oh, my God. There have been so many. I'm, where, sh- I'm sure there's been a Where do I ton. begin? I have to say that in 2019, when I was able um, to influence a team to renovate our 371 River Street building, which is our dehabilitation center, that was a $1 million renovation, state-of-the-art technology that has vastly improved the lives of the individuals we serve there. That's one of my proudest moments to date. Cool. So what's that one thing that when you talk to people at the ARC that surprises them, that I didn't realize that or I didn't know that? Well, I think um, obviously that we're national. Some people don't know that, that we have that national backing. Um, also that the services are available um, most uh, through either, uh, you know, insurance or free of charge. I think some people just don't know how to navigate. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's a travesty. I mean, regularly, I meet people in the community and they say, will you talk to my friend or my loved one? They didn't know that services existed, for example, through Mass Health, Mm -hmm. through DDS, the Department of Developmental Services. And these children are in their teens and I'm like oh what a loss of opportunity Um, so plugging those gaps of knowledge I think is the biggest challenge and before we wrap up is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about the ARC just that you know what Become a friend of the art, get to know us, uh, volunteer, come to our events, uh, consider exploring um, board membership or advisory board opportunities. And um, I promise your life will never be the same, just like mine, and in the best possible way. Okay, well, Abby, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, my friend. It was great.